Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you on a journey into the crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I am somehow mysteriously, mutationally, your host, Zach Armstrong, and I am here along with Ed. How are you, Ed? Hello, Zach. I'm doing very well, thank you. And I hear a happy birthday is in order because... You recently had your first birthday, did you not, Zach? My yeah, well, according to <laughs> according to Twitter, they thought my birthday was coming up. Uh, the the aware <laughs> listener may know that the one year anniversary of Call of Discovery is coming up on August twentieth, and <laughs> yes, happy birthday to us! Happy birthday to us! Uh, and I thought Ed that I was going to do a, a cute little Twitter thing with the Twitter account at Call of Discovery. Go give it a follow if you haven't. And uh, I input our birthday for the podcast as August 20th, 2019. Uh, but guess what happened, Ed? Do you know how much Twitter likes 11-year-olds? <laughs> Twitter, <Or> one-year-olds. <laughs> Twitter despises 11-month-olds, Ed. <laughs> they have a vendetta against anybody under 13, no users under 13, and no warnings to them. Our account was immediately suspended when I put in our birthday is August 20th, 2019. So we've spent about three weeks with a suspended Twitter account. Which makes us really cool, right? I right, mean, come on. All the cred <laughs> we need right there. Like, oh, you hear about the Keyforge podcast that got their Twitter account suspended? Because they were way too awesome. Way too awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, unfortunately, just way too gimmicky. And then um, no warning, just just a boot. So, um, yeah, that wasn't fun. But we're back online now. We can uh, tweet about our episodes and all sorts of fun discovery things again. Indeed. So we're back. We're back. But uh, how, uh, Ed, I heard you got into some dark amber recently. How have those mutations been treating you? I did. I did. And uh, let me tell you, Zach, dark amber is a very serious thing. You know, don't, uh, I mean, all the kids are doing it, but what can I say? What can I say? And I mean, uh, yeah. they, they really are letting us play creatures instead of, you know, actions, artifacts and upgrades, just all sorts of wacky things. Well, I think, you know, I can say if anyone's thinking of trying dark amber, you know, don't do it in large quantities, but it might enhance your life in many ways oh yeah yeah and what's great about the dark amber when you're enhanced with it now of course do it responsibly is that uh you get to pass those enhancements out to your friends like i think uh, i actually tried it and accidentally enhanced you with a damage pip the other day it was a it was a new experience for us as podcast co-hosts is, is it like an epic burn passing an epic burn on someone uh, kind of one damage Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite you're great at clearing wards you're great at clearing wards ed don't worry about it 
But no, Dark Amber is rad. We'll put it that way. So rad. So rad. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's stop it with the with the dad <laughs> jokes now. Neither of us have a children. We're not. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh. Man. What are, what, what's our topic today, Ed, with all this this uh, mutant version of Ed and Zach? What are we what are we diving into today? Well, you know, we might we might just be talking about a, a, a new set that just happened to sneak out a few weeks ago known as mass mutations and we've done a lot of oh no known as mass mutation mass mutation not the s on the end oh yeah drinking game that's another shot (laughs) shot of water (laughs) exactly so we've done a lot of talking around mass mutation we've done some first look episodes uh we've had a chat with danny schaefer the lead designer of or lead developer of keyforge now and that was a very very insightful uh, chat with danny we had a lot of fun talking to him and uh, i hope you've all had a lot of fun listening to that um, but today we actually want to talk about how we're finding mass mutation and what we think of it and some of the cards that we think are the coolest, the most wacky, the stuff that's really exploring some interesting design space. Obviously, Keyforge is uncharted territory for card games in general. And uh, yeah, anyone that listened to that interview with Danny last week will find, wow, yeah, there's so much unexplored space that Keyforge can look at. Mm-hmm. And Mass Mutation is, you know, just starting to look at that uncharted land. And we are all about that here. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Definitely. And the cards, uh, we've both picked three to talk about, and we've got some honorable mentions from our uh, Patreon subscribers, which is lovely. And the cards we pick are going to be for a variety of reasons, whether we think they're awfully powerful or tricky in, you know, Archon Solo or maybe a different format, or whether it's just their design space or their flavor or just something about the card we find fascinating and fun because, you know, we're called Discovery. So that's how we roll. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. So, Zach, do you want to dive in and share with us your first card? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, actually, uh, I want to dive into another note real quick. Mm. Um, as we talk about creatures in this game, there's something I mentioned on Twitter, and I've been guilty of myself, so Eddie and I will correct each other on this if we slip up. If a creature in this game, a creature card, has a clearly presented gender, we'll be making sure we refer to them as the the, the indicated one, especially if it's she or defaulting to they. Uh, I've noticed a lot, and of course we've been guilty of this too, noticed a lot of um, just defaulting to he or guys uh, when talking about creatures in this game, even for creatures like Squire Alice or Master of the Grey, right, who are are obviously um, uh, a woman presenting. So um, Ed and I will correct each other on the mics if we get that wrong, and we just kind of wanted to shout that out as um, it's easy for for uh, women to feel excluded if even the women characters in the game are getting kind of misgendered that way. Yeah, and we just want this game to be equally as welcoming to everyone and anyone. And I think we, as you said, Zach, we're both guilty of this sometimes, um, as I think is are a lot of people. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep on keep on correcting each other as as and when we get these things wrong on the podcast and not edit it out. Yes. <laughs> We we agreed to that. Uh, we agreed to those terms before we started recording yeah. here today. That we'll yeah. we'll leave it in just to show to show that process to show that we're human and that we want to keep getting it right. Indeed, fantastic. Well, uh, without further ado, so my first card. Uh, I'm cheating a little bit because I've picked two cards, Ed, for my first card. 
Is that okay? Oh, and then I'm no, that. no, that's not okay. You can pick <laughs> one and then you can talk about the other. <laughs> uh, well, I don't remember which is the regular rarity and which is fixed. So uh, I've picked the pair, the linked pair of Charbonus and Scylla, the Saurian creatures, uh, the two seven power uh, beasts. So Zach, as, as someone that likes to discover a new set organically, I don't think I've come across these two cards. So uh, please do tell me about them. Excellent. Well, uh, like I said, they are two seven power beasts in Saurian. Scylla is the rare and automatically comes with Sharpidus. And the first thing you're going to notice about these cards, if you've seen them and you pay attention to the art, is obviously the art. They have some art on Scylla's right and Sharpidus's left that obviously link them. There is a boat with some regular Saurians that's present and Sharpidus's tail is actually in Scylla's art. As well, Scylla is just this awesome gargantuan beast of a dinosaur, and Charbadist is the the aquatic version, of course, in, in red and blue, respectively. And what's great is they are linked, and they're both seven power, which means they're going to be pretty sticky to the board, and they have lovely passive effects. So their, their effects turn on as soon as they hit. You know, they're not play effects, so they only happen once. They're not fight or reap effects. But Scylla has uh, the effect each enemy creature gains reap, deal four damage to this creature and Sharpidus has each enemy creature gains before fight lose one amber so they're both passive they're both one-sided just against your opponent and you're going to get two of them no matter what and they turn on as soon as they're on the table so not only is their art really fun I am really 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 want a playmat of these two and if it's not officially produced maybe there's some deal where the artist could you know uh, legally get these out to the the adoring public because they're just amazing um, and the, the flavor text, uh, the flavor text connects them as well on Scylla. It says attempt no landing on the Mesoterranean Isles and Charbatus says exile to the Mesoterranean sea is often considered a death sentence. So it just emphasizes how dangerous these fun creatures of the, the crucible are. Um, so they're yeah. quite good. They're quite good mechanically and so fun flavorfully. They're so Saurian. I mean, there's a bit of Brobnar going on, I think there and the, 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 the before fight effect of, Sharbadis, but yeah, these these guys, these, sorry, these cards look awesome. They look awesome. Uh, correcting myself there as I say it, yeah. I, and and for me as well, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking here, and there's definitely a narrative going on here. There's this little boat, and do we think that someone or or some some Saurian tiny dinosaurs have been exiled to these islands and are sort of thinking yeah we're not going to make this or do you think it's the the large dinosaurs that have been exiled <laughs> i think uh and i actually just noticed a second boat on the right side of charbadis's art and what i think because the saurians are so proud uh, i i think the commander of this tiny little fleet said we need to get through here fast we're going to risk it we're going to risk going through the mesoterranean sea and that has gone uh that has gone south awfully quickly that's my guess yeah. that's my guess it's either that or a more exciting disney world ride than it's a small world but with dinosaurs um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And uh, shout out, shout out to the the artist here, uh, uh, Cal Montero. Uh, forgive me if I've, I've pronounced that incorrectly. They've also done Califi Dragon, Deacillus, Infernus, and uh, Philosophosaurus. So a lot of really lovely cards uh, done by done by this artist. And of course, credit to the the people writing the art briefs and, and working with uh, Kao on 
on this art as well. It's a really, really standout piece. Really standout We're piece. So lucky to have so many amazing artists working on this game and just building this amazing world essentially that's just so unlike I, the more i think about keyforge the more it's so unlike anything that's currently out there the the houses and the identities of them they just come across as so cohesive but the thing i love about these cards looking at them now and sort of getting into it is yeah danny was talking last weekend about wanting to do so much more with conditional rarities and mm. i think we're starting to see that in mass mutation we've We've got now the new announced Dark Tidings set, which is all kinds of awesome. Um, so much so that it won't do us justice to talk about it now in detail. But these guys, these cards, these uh, these these dino, awesome dinos, they look like a a pair. They look like twins, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that in in Dark Tidings, which is really cool. I I agree. I agree. So, Ed, what is what is your pick? What's your first card that you've uh, picked to talk about here? Excitement for excitement for this mass mutation set we've been diving into. So I and I, I'm going to be honest, Zach, I had so much trouble picking cards to talk about here because there are so many cards that I wanted to talk about here because there is so much awesomeness going on here in uh, in mass mutation. But the first one I want to talk about is Gloriana's Attendant. Hmm. And the reason I want to talk about this is one of the reasons why I think Mass Mutation is such an incredible set to me is that use of a narrative. You know, that those first three sets in Keyforge, it was all world building narrative wise. It was these are the first seven houses. Here's another two. This is what this world looks like. These are some awesome characters. And then Mass Mutation kind of subverts that a bit with this introduction of dark amber this introduction of mutations on the crucible and for me gloriana's attendant seriously personifies this and gloriana's attendant is a pixie like dust pixie in the first set so dust pixie was a one power creature that gave you fairy creature that gave you two amber when you played it and was the one one ingredient, one crucial ingredient for some of those really strong combo amber rush decks that we saw in the Kota days. So Gloriana's Attendant offers something slightly different. Now, Gloriana's Attendant is also one power, it's a common, and it has enhanced two amber. So instead of that two amber being on Gloriana's Attendant, it's distributed across cards in your deck. And I think this is an amazing card for us to talk about what we think about this new enhanced mechanic, but also it's a fascinating juxtaposition with Dust Pixie because for me, Gloriana's Attendant is almost more powerful than Dust Pixie in today's matter. Yes, I'm going to say it, Zach. I'm going to say it. And this is, a, this is a hot and possibly wrong take and I don't care. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. So the reason being because Infernus is a thing. And Danny said in our episode, yeah, maybe in furnace a little too powerful i mean but we love it because it can nerf some of those martian generosity decks some of those decks where they're relying on a combo but it also does nasty nasty things to dust pixies to fertility chance because if i've got two dust pixies in my deck zach then and you've got an infernus then i have i i, I have a I, I i yeah as soon as they're in my discard pile i've got to assume that you're probably going to use that to lose 
to make me lose all that four amber, meaning that actually playing those dust pixies gave me no real value at all. Whereas Gloriana's Attendant, it gives me that amber. I can still cycle through my deck. I can see that amber, but um, but it's not stuck on one card. So it's not a target mm. for Infernus. So yeah. that's that's my my thinking. Maybe that doesn't track for sealed. Maybe that doesn't track for adaptive or reversal. But for Archon, that's certainly a thing. What do you think? Well, Ed, I think the worst part of that hot take is assuming that Infernus will be present in any sort of competitive deck. That's just really not uh, <laughs> really not great. Uh, all kidding aside, of course. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Infernus, the card with um, art that gets more disturbing the more you look at you've it. Seen that's a... it. You've seen it. <laughs> It's true. And the more you look at it, the more it's, oh, Lord, what is happening there? Um, it's the four power dis creature that says play purge up to two cards from a discard pile. Your opponent loses amber equal to the number of amber bonus icons on the purged card. So like Ed said, uh, you get a lot of efficiency out of an Infernus if somebody's got those dust pixies in their discard pile and they can't replay them of course if they get purged but Gloriana's attendant moves that amber around so i definitely see what you're saying against infernus it's it's good it certainly is yeah mm, mm. and i guess i also want to use this as a chance to talk about sass because decks of keyforge is algorithm sass on rating the the relative power level of, level of decks is brilliant i think decks of keyforge is it's just such a great resource for the community and it does some amazing things and sass really helps us to understand our decks in different ways but it's early days of mass mutation and i've seen a lot of posts lately on social media with people um sort of wondering why they're not seeing high level sass decks from mass mutation um and you know zach I, I i i'm interested in your perspective here because my perspective is that mass mutation is it's a powerful set it's got uh a, yeah it's got some really strong decks there but they're powerful in different ways and i think loriana's attendant is a great example of this because it's currently sat at and rated at a a much lower value than uh dust pixie um and and it, it, it's it's really interesting and it's just so the the job the guys do pulling together sass is amazing um but of course there are so many intricacies in keyforge and it's difficult to capture that so i would just urge people to enjoy looking at their decks and playing them and finding out the, the you know what matters these decks are going to thrive in through that way uh, yeah, I'm very happy with how it's been playing so far, and I'm sure I'm sure the SAS Council will continue to tune some things in. Indeed, indeed, it's a it's a difficult job they have, indeed. So, Zach, what is your second card? My second card, I am leaning I am leaning a bit more into uh, into my try hard sweaty keyforge player that does exist. As much <laughs> as I as much as I downplay that here on Call of Discovery, uh, I definitely love getting good at the game and playing it playing it at a high level if I if I can get there. And so that card for me uh, that I've been loving in that way is Essence Scale. It was honestly mm. a sleeper hit for me. It's an artifact and disc comes with an amber pip. And it says, action, destroy a friendly creature. If you do, ready and use a friendly creature that shares a house with the destroyed creature. This, this card, once it's down, and I have a deck with two of them, it really just makes your deck faster because you get to use whatever that one high impact creature is with a reaper fight ability you get to use it multiple times in a turn sometimes multiple times in a turn 
if you have uh, just dropped it this turn even i have it with dominator bobble where you can go out of house use a creature and then ready and use it again just by blowing up another creature of its of its house and and half the time in mass mutation you have creatures in that house that you want to blow up i want to get my infernuses into the discard pile so that they shuffle back into my deck on the flip i want to blow up those disc creatures with destroyed effects or my cumex or my red penny are perfectly fine to destroy uh, i once used borrow and stole uh, a stole an acid scale from another player and then used smiling ruth twice in one turn who says if you forge this turn, you can reap and steal a flank creature from your opponent. So it's um, it's pairs great with Drekker. It pairs great with with really just anybody you want to reap a few times, especially if they've got a great reap effect like Drekker. So it's um, yeah, it's a it's a priority target if I'm holding some artifact hate. And I definitely hold it if I've got it in my opening hand in a great disc deck. So I just love love Essence Scale. Uh, I think I think it's a fantastically strong card. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the card now, and I don't think I've played with this card yet in Mass Mutation. Um, again, I, I, I always like to discover a deck in the most organic way of what cards I open or the cards I play and the cards I see. But I'm looking at this now, and it says, if you do ready and use a friendly creature, I feel like if it said use a friendly creature, we'd be having a completely different discussion. But it, yes. it does <laughs> what you want it to do. Dis, you want to destroy your disc creatures, so it gives you a chance to do that and get a strong effect from doing that. But you can then ready and use, uh, you know, a disc creature that you've already used. So I, I think this is epic. The the one of some of the absolute nastiest turns I've had with uh, my highest powered disc deck that I found so far is uh, play in furnace, purge a bunch, play in furnace, purge a bunch, uh, maybe a whole lot if I've got Ritual of Tognath that has three amber pips in my discard pile. Then I play Drekker, and then I get to ready and use Drekker twice by blowing up both my infernuses with two essence scales. It's it's just and Drekker of course has reap steal one. Mm-hmm. which is just just nasty it is often closes out a game if i can pull that off <laughs> i mean when when you get that in that kind of setup that's uh that's looking quite broken <laughs> and it's no it's not looking broken it's looking keyforge and that's what we love about it yes indeed indeed so what what do you have next for us ed uh i want i really want some monumental cards here give me a oh, give me a good monumental take. card so I guess I'm I'm cheating here a bit. I have to admit, Zach. Um, but you did earlier, Uh-oh. so uh, you know uh, I, I'm I'm going for the monuments, and there's a few monuments. So let's let's talk about them as a whole. So the monuments are a I'm going to call them a cycle. They're a cycle of cards in House Saurian that could really only be done in Keyforge. So these are the cards, they're monuments to some of the creatures in House Saurian. And we all know how Romans used to like to have monuments of themselves, to immortalize themselves, to say, hey, I was a powerful person, this is me in marble. The dinosaurs also like to do that, apparently. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you have the dino in the deck, they're going to come with a monument, perhaps. But if you don't have the the dino, you're not going to get its monument. So once again, we've got some great Keyforge conditional rarity going on here. But I love these cards. And my reason why I love these cards is because it's an engine builder. And for me, engine building is one of the most fun mechanics that you can have in tabletop gaming. And I think it's quite rare to see that sort of engine building 
in uh, in a card game as well in the competitive card game. So my my thinking here is that you can have you can have your 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 Saurian engine out where you've got a few different monuments allowing you to do different things all linked together in different ways. And so you can do things like, oh, let's capture amber and then sort of get rid of that amber off the board or let's capture amber and then, or we can just move amber around the board into in, in different ways and put it in different places, put it on your opponent's side. This is one of the uh, the new, I'd say, powerful mechanics in Saurian that's really taken over in this set from from some of their strong combos in the last set of just moving amber around the board. And yeah, when you are able to move significant amounts of amber from your side of the board, because there's going to be a lot of amber going on, particularly in some of those Saurian lineups, um, that, that exalted amber on your side of the board to your opponent's side, it then becomes amber in waiting for you. And I love that. I just, I think this is such a fun way for the, the game to go, both in terms of flavor and mechanics. I, I agree. They're awfully fun. And the, the most flavorful part of these monuments for me that are, of course, connected to various Saurian creatures monument to to blank is that uh, they have a, a power that's that's fine when they're just operating normally. But as soon as their their namesake, you know, monument to Shrix, monument to to Faust, as soon as their namesake is in the discard pile, you know, quote unquote, uh, destroyed or, or dead or, you know, now memorialized, that artifact mm. gets more powerful because it's, you know, in memory of this this creature that is now in the discard pile. I just think that's so thematic that they power up uh, when they are truly in memoriam of of the creature and which is just such a fun flavor and mechanics marriage there. Just so fun. And it's, I, I feel like that's, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, Zach. And, but it's so true. When, when someone is deceased, we value them more. And it, for that to be immortalized in the card game really shows the amount of love and attention that's gone into creating some of these Keyforge houses. And I think particularly Hausarian, because I mean, I, I think it's an open secret now that it was one of Brad Andre's favorite houses, if not potentially Brad Andre's very much favorite house. Yeah. Latin geeks, uh, be, uh, be, be proud. Excellent. Shall we, shall we do my third and final card, Ed? Indeed. Are we, are we ready for it? Uh, I don't think we'll ever be ready for her because <laughs> she's just so awesome, but we're going to try yeah. anyway. My pick for my third part is Mercy, Malkin Queen. She is a three-power untamed creature. She is a rare. She is a human and a witch. And just because you see that the witch trait on there, you already know she's going to be good. So she has Skirmish and a Fight ability. Fight ready a friendly beast creature, which is great. It's not even ready and fight. It's just ready. Then do whatever the heck you want with it. And Mm. she also has, after a friendly cat creature enters play, ward it. You don't have to do anything. All you just do is play a cat, either a Floomph, Lumaloo, or Yonia, and that cat is warded, which is just so dang good. So that there's a few reasons I love this card. One, as you can hear in my voice there, she's actually quite good. I've seen some strong results when oh, she yeah. has several cats out, right? Like uh, these cats all synergize together. And when they're coming in warded, it's just so strong. And on top of that, 
The art is amazing. She's by David Auden Nash, who is on so, so many other cards. Mm. Uh, she has just this, this untamed garb on. Her cape is flowing. There is fire and smoke and flying cat beasts all around her. Uh, she's got some untamed, you know, war paint on. And it's just, this, this card is just firing on all cylinders for me. Flavor and art. And, um, and that she comes with cats as well. Just like a cat army. I mean, that's... That's just so fun. You get a cat army when you have Mercy Malkin Queen, or at least one or two cats. Just so fun. Just so fun. And uh, I, I imagine, I imagine Ed, that if one was wondering about the Crucible, that uh, by her intimidating art and the fact that she is royalty, I imagine that going to her is kind of a dramatic last resort for those wondering about the wilds of the Crucible. You know, something terrible happens when we have to look at each other and go, oh, you know what this means, Ed. We've got no choice but to appeal to the Malkin Queen. Yes, indeed. For for those Lord of the Rings fans around us, she's definitely a kind of Radagast the Brown character surrounded by flying cats. And I think that is awesome. It's just awesome for, for House Untamed to sort of have more depth of fun characters going on here. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I, I love your description. I've got written in front of me, uh, listeners. <laughs> She's a witch who commands cats, and there's fire, explosions, vines. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely oh, channeling. I was definitely channeling my excitement into the show notes there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's so true though, and I believe there's something in my head here that says I think this is the art of a ffg employee um we will have to come back to this and 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 look at it in in a future episode but uh, of course the uh brad andries the the ex-lead developer of keyforge was immortalized as quickso the adventurer something that's referenced on many cards um but i believe that mercy i believe that she is also a ffg employee uh, as 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 many of our listeners might be aware um all ffg employees that spend five years with the company get to be immortalized on one card or, or, or one model in one of ffg's games and it's a game of their choice so i i, I think this might be the case but yeah let's let's look into it yeah certainly certainly and uh, speaking of fun and open play and discovery and good, happy feelings, what's your what's your third card, Ed? What's your third card? <laughs> it's funny you said that because I want to talk to you about that. Uh, Eaton's Jar is is my is my next card, and this is a, a card that I opened in in a deck, and I wasn't aware of it. I didn't. I didn't. I. I, I mean, I'm not a spoiler. I'm not a spoilery person. And so I looked at this and I was like, whoa. And I was just playing against my partner across the table. We were playing a sealed match and she had Star Alliance. And I I had a deck that wanted board. So I looked at it and went, hmm, yeah, red alert. So so I said, you can't play red alert. Turned out she had two in her deck. And I think she... I think she had a difficult game. We'll put it that way. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I, I, I love the idea behind this card. Uh, it's kind of an infernus, particularly in, in those, those Archon games where you can say, you know that combo you want to use? Nah, you can't use it. And it's also a fascinating new design space for Keyforge. So definitely applaud the developers for exploring some of this new design space. Um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in really those conversations that happen over the kitchen table. You know, is this going to be a, a feel bad card at certain points? And yeah, as such, yeah. What do you think about it, Zach? I, I would say I like including it. It certainly doesn't feel great when it's played against me and I have to see what they pick, but it rewards careful thinking. It rewards thoughtful thinking. It rewards a good reading of an Archon card and predicting what uh, what the strength of your opponent's deck will be, or you just know what your deck's weakness is and you just ban whatever card would uh, kind of you know press on your Achilles heel there. So I like it. I like its inclusion. I think it's great at rare. I think... At common or uncommon, it would have been a mistake. Uh, but I like its inclusion, and only in one set, of course. I think if we had this in, especially Worlds Collider, called the Archons, that could have uh, made some decks totally oppressive in in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a great summary, Zach. And yeah, I, perhaps Keyforge needs these cards at rare to support some of those Archon decks in actually maintaining a really nice diverse meta um, it's not going to be something you're going to be seeing very often in sealed but it's an exciting play space for them to be looking at and talking of looking at i'm now looking at the the list of yeah cards that our patrons have specified are the cards that they're finding super interesting in mass mutations so far and uh, i'd like to kick off by talking about uh, master of the gray and this is a card that our patreon muffins has uh has suggested we we talk about and master of the gray she is a human monk um she is really cool actually she's got a she's got a hood up and she's got this mace that's electrified with cool energy it looks very very sanctum but also potentially this kind of new style sanctum with a mad prophet gizzle heart she might be a member of a cult in fact here it says uh, the great order is mysterious even to the knights of sanctum possibly part of a cult but this is a creature it is four power one armor and she says your opponent cannot resolve bonus icons on the cards they play zach what do you think of this one Master of no fun at all. That's that's what she did. Uh, again, again, I think rare is the right call here. Yeah. And at four power one armor, uh, she is just sticky, just sticky enough. But if you don't have a way to deal with her, it's just going to turn flip an off switch for your deck. I think there are matchups that won't be terribly rare. You know, there are matchups where this card hits the table and the opponent might just lose if they don't have removal on the board. You know, if you drop her behind a taunt um, mm. and the person doesn't have enough power on the board or enough action cards to remove her and they're relying on any number of bonus icons, especially in mass mutation versus mass mutation, right? With yep. that draw and that damage, um, it could just turn off decks. Uh, I think especially with with mass mutation, because if you're not resolving bonus icons, those mutants that have enhanced and then no other abilities on them, like mutant cut purse and Gloriana's attendant, who we looked at earlier, those cards are just blank creatures with just a few power, and you really take take the oomph out of a deck with her. Indeed. So I, I'm excited to get her in a deck. Uh, I am terrified to play against her if I don't have a lot of removal mm. from hand. 
No, I think she's 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 awesome, and I think you're right, Zach. It's a great call that it's rare, but it's a really fun effect. I mean, bonus icons in Mass Mutation matter, and she says nay to that, and that's cool from a flavor perspective because Sanctum do not like these mutations, and what comes with these mutations? Bonus icons. So mm-hmm. I think that flavorful. This card is flavorful. I think that it, it it's 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 a cool player. It's cool. It's a cool effect. It's a cool ongoing effect as well. Um, but you're right, Zach. I mean, there are lots of ways to protect that in Sanctum, and Sanctum is looking like a force to be reckoned with in Mass Mutation. There are cards like Ardent Hero that really do help you protect things like this. And uh, yeah, I, I would not want to go up against a, a Sanctum Saurian lineup where you know, you cap- they're capturing loads of amber from you. You can't play any of your bonus icons and then they're maybe siphoning that amber off using a few monuments and things like that. But yeah, this this is a fun one. So Keynote has highlighted Pale Star, and this is... It's so cool. It's so cool. (laughs) This is so cool, indeed. (laughs) Do you want to take it away, Zach? Sure, sure. So the the first thing you'll notice about this, uh, well, I do at least, is the art. It's a city kind of bending towards a star up in the sky with some energy swirling around it. And it's an artifact and disc that has Omni destroy the pale star for the remainder of the turn. Each creature is considered to have one power and zero armor. I just I just love this. It is such a creative way to uh, get you most of the way towards a board wipe turns all of those damage pips that you have maybe in your mass mutation deck just makes them amazing any damage already on creatures means they're just going to go ahead and and totally get annihilated it turns off sanctum's armor it's just so such a cool effect i oh i just i just love it it's so it's so fun it's so fun agreed and it's a really nice one to have as an artifact as well because it's something that's on the ball both players are aware of it it's completely game warping which is totally keyforge and i love it but it's not something that is uh and team covenant have been talking about this a lot it's not something that's impacting the ram of the game that is the amount of static (laughs) effects that are on the board at any one time keyforge has a lot of those and particularly in mass mutation so it's nice to have something that's on the board but it's only Mm -hmm. really going to affect that ram for one turn and then it's going to go away indeed Indeed. Uh, another one we've got from Waterada, Australian YouTuber extraordinaire. Uh, check check him out. It did some stuff with the CD-ROM process, if I may, if I may say so myself, which is great. Awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his pick is Diametric Charge, mostly for the art. It's some nice ping damage, doing one damage to a creature and two to its neighbors gives you an amber pip. And the art is just so fun, just straight up fun. The the flavor text says, "Cool bots don't look at, look at explosions." And that's exactly what's happening on the art with the bot with a giant explosion behind them, just walking away, fixing something on their on their wrist. Um, it's just so fun. And that space, that art space that fits so well into Keyforge, you get to have some fun with it without totally breaking the world you've set up. It's kind of basically if James Bond was a robot. And I love that. <laughs> um. It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay our next one is from duke um and this is curia sarus have i pronounced that right do you think uh, i think so i think so Curiosaurus. it's the, <laughs> yeah the saurian artifact that says each creature with amber on it gains destroyed move one amber from this creature to the most powerful enemy creature the source 
of half of mass mutations rules questions on discords all over the globe in the oh. past several weeks. If only there was a six semper. <laughs> <laughs> if only oh, there was a six semper. Hey, you can get a legacy. It's true. It's true. But uh, uh, Duke's pick as this being a great game warping card is true. I think once you wrap your head around it there, you can just really take advantage of of this of this being on the board. And yeah, like he says here in the notes, he gives it gives a purpose to that captured amber. If you manipulate mm. it just right, you can get that captured amber into your pool. Um, but you have to be careful with it because, of course, it's a symmetrical effect that is tough to wrap your brain around sometimes, at least for me. Um, but it's a great pick. It's um, yeah, it's a skill testing card. That's for sure. I love those brain brain teasers, those Keyforge brain teasers where you have to kind of sit there and scratch your head a bit. That's mm-hmm. that's very Keyforge. Yeah, I bet I bet some money that this will make uh, Sanctimonious's eventual episode on skill testing cards in, in Mass Mutation. Indeed, indeed. And our next mm-hmm. one is from Robert Downs III, or RD3. Uh, I'm calling him RD3. I don't know if he gets called RD3 in real life. <laughs> I, I like RD3. <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to see an RD3 in the next Star Wars film, probably. It's uh, it's going to be one of the uh, one of the droids. So, so I think a son of RD2. Cool. Exactly. Or maybe a future Logos creature. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Robert has recommended that we take a look or a closer look at Drekker. Oh, yes. I do love Drekker. Mm-hmm. I do love Drekker. So Drekker is a four-power imp creature. Of course, it's an imp. It's dis. What else would it be? And Drekker says damage dealt to Drekker's neighbors during fights is also dealt to Drekker. Reap, steal one. So I love the reap steal one effect. You know, it's it's shadows in dis. Um, dis is already powerful. It didn't need a bit of shadows, but it's got it here. But of course, it comes with that downside of yeah. If it's close to anyone, then then it's it's going to be the target. Obviously, if it's straight straight and you know the only creature in your lineup, it's a target anyway. Zach, in your experience, has this one stuck around enough to make an impact? In the decks I've played with, yes, if you put it next to a, the Shadow's Common Shoulder id, which uh, can't fight but steals instead of doing damage, it's really kind of a lose-lose situation. Mm. Um, if you get it behind any taunt or any protection, it's um, of course they could do damage to the taunt creature and Drekker takes it. But as soon as Drekker lives for a turn or two, you start to get great value out of it because you're getting that Reap Amber and then you're stealing one. So it's a full three Amber swing. And with the aforementioned Essence Scale, if you've got some other disc creatures out and one or multiple Essence Scales, you can go ahead and fire this right off the bat as soon as it drops, which is just so good, which is just so good. So I think anybody keeping a board presence will be able to take Drekker out because, you know, that that damage transference gets around taunt. But it's just fight damage. It's not direct damage uh, that transfers. So I think it's well-balanced. Um but has a steeper downside for a bigger upside. And if you can just pump some some gasoline into that upside, Drekker really delivers. So Indeed. I really like it. Indeed. And mm-hmm. our final card to talk about here is from Keyforge streamer, uh, Mortivus. And it's another yes. one of those awesome what I play affects both sides. And it's probably going to be on that episode about skill testing cards as well. Um 
sorry, I had a fly climbing up my leg. That was not nice. Um, <clears throat> Ambolution is an untamed action card, and it's Omega. Uh, and it says, play, destroy each creature. Each player reveals their hand and puts each creature from their hand into play. Ready. So cool. So wacky. So wacky. It is uh, definitely deserving of some attention for just how wacky it is. It mm. is certainly one of those cards where... You know, it's going to be a percentage of the time, maybe a small percentage where you have a bunch of creatures in your hand. Maybe you have gotten a vague idea of what's in your opponent's hand so you can play this. And of course, the downside is that it ends your turn immediately. So your opponent gets to take their turn with whatever they've just put out. But if you have so many more creatures than them, that could really that could really help. And it skips those. It skips play effects for both for both people. And it's just so wacky. It's very Keyforge. I've seen Mortivus on stream get this in an opening hand, especially as player one, where you just drop this and completely mess up whatever your opponent was doing. And your opponent just has to then play their first turns up, you know, try to play those turns optimally in a way they probably weren't expecting to, right? They've got mm. creatures in play. Playability has got skipped. I just have a few cards in my hand. What do I do? You know, they have a bunch of creatures out now how do i how do i deal with this so it's great i love it again good at good at rare because it might just get silly if yep. it was in multiples at anything else um but it's very key forge and uh, uh i think we'll win we'll win a few games in special situations and, and when we come around to doing our set perspective i'll look back at mass mutation it might be one of those in line for an art art call of discovery award because the art on this is simply stunning, showing a broken amber vault of dark amber and the little untamed creatures coming and snuffling around it. It's uh, it's quite something. I also love the fact here that it's an Omega. Um, it's it, it puts 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 some constraints on it. And Danny said in our last episode that they were looking at the number of mechanics they had in each set. But I feel that they already are in this set because some of those mechanics you only see at rare. And you know, having them only at rare means if you're, I think, a newer player, you're unlikely to have too many mechanics all at once um, in your deck. So I, I think that's a, a nice touch. Mm -hmm. It harkens back to that philosophy the developers talked about in the early days, which we, we see executed here, that they tend to want complicated cards to be at higher rarities. And I think I think that does help keep Keyforge uh, playable and keep a cap on all of the wacky effects that are going on. So definitely a good card for the rare slot for that reason. Awesome. So Zach, final thoughts, final first thoughts. Oh, that's a tongue twister. Final thirst thoughts on Mass Mutation. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Searching for enhancements makes decks deck opening. Searching for enhancements makes opening decks an awful lot of fun. And I love that this set can rush like uh, some old Call of the Archons decks. I love that it's balanced out by kind of a lack of burst amber control, though that can make uh, interset play a bit a bit wonky uh, once in a while if you can burst and your opponent can't, as we've seen on the, the tabletop royale streams over the past few weeks. And I love that the control in this is just so oppressive because I so enjoy just being such a jerk with this. It's just so fun. It's just so fun, which of course mm. it means I can't get too upset when it's done to me. But I just <laughs> love being mean, Ed. I love being mean. Oh, goodness. <laughs>
So what about you, Ed? What are your what are your final thoughts on our, our experiences with Mass Mutation over the past several weeks? Oh, Zach, I'm loving this set. And for a number of reasons, I think for Sealed, this is really fun. I, I, I say a lot, I play a lot of Kitchen Table Keyforge. And for that, Age of Ascension was a great set because the variability between different decks wasn't as much in terms of power level. So whereas with Call of the Archons, you could have a really powerful deck against a really 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 not very powerful deck what mass mutation does is is squashes that all a lot more and you have a lot of tight games where every decision matters and that's keyforge right where every decision you make has an impact on the game so that's fun it's fun when both players are at two keys and it could go either way um so we're really enjoying that i think the other side of things is it's a win-win right Enhance is fascinating as a concept. A, it's massively keyforged, and B, it presents some interesting new challenges because I think evaluating your deck, the strength of your deck, understanding what your deck wants to do is that much harder than it used to be. Even for uh, card game pros, card game historians, I think everyone is having to learn basically a new language in, in, well, actually, how powerful is this card if this card impacts other cards in my deck? And then, you know, what's what's the combinations that matter there? It's massively Keyforge. It makes decisions over what to take to Archon events more interesting. I think it makes decisions and adaptive even more interesting again. Um, and Reversal is going to look really funny with some of the, the rare anti-synergies that we see coming out of Mass Mutation. So I don't think there's a waste of deck. I love this. I agree. I agree. I think it's a great set. I think, yeah, Enhance is just a triumph of what Keyforge is able to accomplish. And, you know, if uh, we believe the developers, which I do, it's just a kind of a taste of what's to come as far as them experimenting with the design space that Keyforge offers. Exactly. Exactly. Indeed. Okay, so thanks to everyone for joining us today. I hope you're all getting in a lot of mass mutation games and you can survive the wait until Dark Tidings lands with us next February. Of course, if you're enjoying Call of Discovery and you're willing and able to support us monetarily, our Patreon is linked below where you can put your own weird, wonderful decks in the spotlight and have a say in our future through our Patreon-only Discord. And huge shout out to our newest Patreon, Mr. Hugh Lawson. Thank you very, very much, Hugh, for joining the family And thanks to all of our Patreons for submitting great cards for us to talk about today. And of course, questions to ask Danny Schaefer in our previous interviews. Please do let us know what you'd like to see more of in less of in future shows. And you can let us know in all the usual places. That is the Facebooks, the Twitters. Now we're nearly one year old and back on it again. The Instagrams. And of course, you can email us any questions you like and definitely what you had for breakfast at discoverkeyforge at gmail.com. Please also subscribe and leave a review on your regular podcast app. If you leave a review and it's funny or bizarre, we will definitely read it out. So please do that. But the most important thing, of course, is that if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please do help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? 